sing those songs and we mean them, but we do. But then there comes that faith element where we just have to put that one foot in front of the other. I was looking up here at this funny picture. That's Marty and me in a strawberry patch in South Carolina. One step at a time leads us on our journey with the Lord. And it's as we pray and as we trust. And so when I married Marty in faith, in trust, you know, that's a whole nother story how God led us down that path. But when I, I got to, he, he was every, every, every week or so, he was going to wire money, three or four hundred dollars, to this David Kamanzi in Africa. And I, my background in work is banking, and I'm like two and two makes four, and when you spend that, there is no more. You know, that was my philosophy, you know. So we were dealing with a lot of financial issues in his life, and, and uh, you know, I was working through this, and every time I turned around, he was going to mail this, wire this man money. So when we got an opportunity to go to... The, Uganda two years ago I said I'm going I'm going to check this situation and I did and I did I had been on many mission trips prior to this and I had seen so much need in my life so much need and I came home so brokenhearted because I couldn't do anything about it but this time I saw the need and I came home with a God-given desire to do something about it I'd like for you all to take a, we got pictures out there. Make sure if you're willing to pray, put this picture of David Kamanzi and his children on the refrigerator. This is a big part of our ministry now is supporting this family. Marty found them about now probably nine years ago. And this young man, David Kamanzi, had been on the streets of Embarara for uh, nine years. His mom and daddy were thrown in prison at age nine. He was on the street till he was 18. When he got off, he started gathering up kids off of the street because he had been a street kid for 18, for nine years. He has now, he and his wife, whose parents were also victims of the genocide in Rwanda, they have now married. They have four of their own kids. They've taken nine young boys. The oldest one is now 18, off of the street, and they have formed a home of hope. And with a lot of the money that you've sent us, we've been sending money to, to, where am I going? Uganda, to this home. And over the last two years since we were there, God has miraculously helped us raise money for this home of hope. He will not call it an orphanage. These kids call them Mama and Papa. Marty's Jaja, and I'm Mama Beck, I think. And um, anyway, God's answers a prayer that house they had a piece of a house a start of a house and now the house is finished we've been able to send the money to finish the house and put in a seven thousand five hundred dollar water treatment plant because one of the kids died with typhoid malaria anyway what i'm saying is this is a need that marty found and i went to it and this is something we can do we can do this by the grace of God, people have given us money on a monthly basis, and we're sending them between 900 and and $1,000 a month. And this is an ongoing thing that I want to do, and everywhere I go, I'm just asking people, look at this family, and if you see that you can help them. I started out $30 a month. If anybody would just give us $30 a month, it would do miraculous things for this family to keep them fed. We got there that first day. I went in their home where they, we were renting. 
a house from a Muslim family, and he was making it very difficult because they were Christians. But anyway, long story, there was a bag with ten pounds, um, two meals of beans and two meals of a mush left, and that's what they had. There was no refrigeration, no canned goods, no nothing but those two bags. And I said, by the grace of God, those children have got to have fruits and vegetables. And I just praise God. He's heard our prayer. And when he leads us, when he leads us, he'll give us something effective that we can do. You know, we go with the gospel, and, and it's amazing. And if we had time, we'd tell you all the wonderful stories and the responses we get from the gospel. But this, too, you know, is part of missions. It's finding a need and filling it. And thank you all for being a part of that. Just hold the microphone, man. You keep it. <laughs> well, she didn't. She didn't tell you about the five girls that have been taken out of prostitution, and six they've just taken six uh, Muslim kids, um, and it's just amazing what God has done through this couple. And praise God that we got to go and see it, and be aware of all that they're doing. It's just, uh, it's an incredible thing. Uh, the other thing that she didn't tell you, I want you to know this because we're excited about leaving July the 12th. That's next, uh, a week from this Tuesday to go to South Africa. She went there 16, 17 years ago because her daughter and son-in-law were missionaries there. And she met Moses Sabia. She got into Durban and about three or four hours out in the desert area, etc. They came up on this, uh, rubberized tent. And there's one or two cars there. She thought, oh, brother, we've come all this way. And there's just three or four, maybe four or five people in there. Well, she got in there, and here were several hundred people worshiping and praising God. And it just totally blessed her. And, and she came home, to, back to America, with a dream to help them build a church building. And so she ended up getting on the phone, calling the... United Pentecostal, not the United Pentecostal, but the uh, Pentecostal Church um, air, um, in uh, South Carolina and asked somebody, how long will it take me to raise $20,000 to help those people build a church building? And they said, oh, Becca, it'll take three, four, five years. You know, well, anyway, she made another phone call to someone she knew in the conference, and he said, Becca, this person just died, and they left $17,000 to build a church building in Africa. The check is on my desk and you can have it. Hallelujah. You know, isn't that awesome? And so the rest of the week, there was another two or $3,000 that came from family and so on. And she had the $20,000 sent it to Africa. And God willing, we're going to get to see that. They're going to use us in evangelistic meetings for eight or nine days. So I'm anxious. Moses Sabia is the leader of this particular uh, part of the Pentecostal church in South Africa. So I'm, ex I'm excited about meeting Moses and um, for Becca to get back and see what happened with her effort to raise the money. Another thing she didn't tell you, and I'm glad I get to tell it, is that her son, uh, Rod, is a machinist. And he and uh, a relative, a, a cousin, isn't it? A niece. They own this business. And Rod's a machinist. And um, he's the supervisor. And he, came, he got this story of this family helping these kids. And he started talking to the guys at work. And they got excited. And these guys do a payroll deduction thing every month. 
And we get a check for five, that's part of the money, we get a check for $500 from this, from this company. And all these guys, and some of them aren't Christians. Their hearts have just been touched by this story. Can I hear an amen? amen. Yeah. I mean, so, and the thing that I'm learning, dear ones, is you've got to speak up. You know, if you don't ask, you won't receive. And so I'm just, I, I just put it out there. I'm not embarrassed at all to tell you guys we need money. You know, to be able to do what we do. And I tell it wherever we go, and God blesses, and I am so thankful. And you guys have been so wonderful to help us, and I want you to know that. Now, I want you to open your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 14. This is kind of the introduction for what I want to share with you. There's just so much, and this is such a, this is such a beautiful passage and it's all about what is happening with Becca and me. Acts chapter 14. Okay, get my glasses on here. All right. Acts chapter 14, beginning with verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel... To that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Now when they had preached... The word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From there they sailed to Antioch from where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. And that's what I have joy doing with you today is telling you about what God has done with us in the last year and a half, two years. I was here um, before and told you about some of the things, but some things have transpired since that time, and I want to bring you up to date. Uh, The thing that was so wonderful about this thing in Uganda, we were there two years ago, we also had been in Bujumbura, Burundi. Can you say that with me? Bujumbura, Burundi. Oh, my goodness. And... Uh, you know the unrest that's happened there. In that place, we had over 17,000 people respond to the gospel. I mean, the 300 pastors were out with the Evangel Cube. I wish you, I've shown it to some of you before. There are two small ones back there and the one large one. That has been such a tremendous tool all over the world. And I want to encourage you to, you know, if you need a tool, get a tool to share the gospel. Um, one of the fun things for me here just a few weeks ago, I got to go to Rock Harbor. You guys know about Rock Harbor Church? Well, three of my grandkids, uh, some of them were at Vanguard and another one uh, is at Biola and they've been worshiping at Vanguard. Well, I had a free Sunday and I went to Rock Harbor and the worship was wonderful and they're praising God and the preaching was great, the teaching and so on. And they were motivating the people in that church to reach the greater Costa Mesa area. Can I hear an amen? 
yeah, and I know you all are just like that as well. You want to reach this area. And sometimes we need somebody to come along and help us to get up off of our dead centers and start telling people about Jesus. And listen to me, dear ones. I have been reading Matthew 24 almost every week since my heart has been stirred by some of the things that I'm learning about what's happening in my country. And if your heart is not stirred, something's got to happen to awaken you so that you will pray like these brothers have said to pray as you've never prayed before because we as a country are in trouble. We are in trouble. We need a revival in this country like we've never seen before. And I praise God for the things that were put up here on the screens at the beginning of the service because these great leaders of our country knew how we needed God Almighty to help us as a nation. And we need Him again. And I cry out to God daily for us to have a revival in America. And I pray that you're praying that way as well. So I was encouraged at Rock Harbor. I'm encouraged by you folks. We came, I came last, uh, I was, uh, we drove down the coast and Tony was at work and Karen was gone. And so we came to the house and I missed a note, didn't find the key to get in. So I came over here and hey, there was somebody else here using your building on Saturday night. Yeah, you know, this building costs a lot of money, right? Yeah, and if somebody was here, they were getting all ready, you know, for the service last night. Thank you, Jesus. You know, they're using the building. Yeah. And I just praise God that there's that kind of spirit that I feel flowing among you. So here we had this tremendous response in Uganda, and I can hardly wait to get back there. Then last April... The earthquake happened in Nepal. You guys, I've been to Nepal before, and I, I, I go on this medical mission in June. There's about 15 of us, and girls, you college students, there were five or six girls from New York and, and Missouri and Arkansas. They were so beautiful, and they, they had made these little dresses um, to give to the girls, and they had a pocket in the front, and in the pocket... They had made these little toy persons, dolls. Thank you, honey. I'm not into dolls. But, but anyway, and it was so fun. They had 150 of those, and it was so fun to watch them get those out to the girls. You guys, there were 8,000 people who died in that earthquake. When we got there, the airport had been repaired, so we were able to get in and be there and saw some of the places where they had people living and staying in tents. A brother went with us, a physician, uh, David uh, Bernhardt from Midland, Texas. And it was so fun to be with him. And here's what he told me. He said, Marty, what I want you to do is take your guitar and I just want you to sit and worship. Isn't that something? I mean, he's spiritually sensitive, this brother. Just worship. Because you that'll set the whole tone for what we're doing. And then four or five people... And I wish Becca could have been with me because she loves to do this. Four or five of the people, a couple of men and three women, he said, I want you to pray for the people first and anoint with oil. James chapter 5, any among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church, anoint with oil, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Now, we either believe that or we don't. I believe it. 
Becca said she had been anointed with oil so many times that she could slide to Israel. But here we are, four or five of our people, they are praying for people before they see Dr. David. And then he had these people lined up to see Dr. David. And then he said, Marty, now, once they're lined up, he says, take your Vanja cube and share the gospel. Because they're a captive audience. <laughs> I love captive audiences. And so I took the cube and shared the gospel. And many of them gave their hearts to the Lord. It was so wonderful. I'll never forget it. I want to go back. You know, when stuff like this happens to you, you want to go back. Yes. That's what happened to me in 1985 when I, on my first trip to the Philippines. We saw thousands of people come to the, come to the Lord. We baptized close to 6,000 people. It changed my life. It did. And as you get excited about seeing someone come to Jesus, it will change your life. And you will never be the same Ever again. So that's what happened to me in Nepal. Now, my friend Terry Vesey, who is in his 50s now, Terry came to the Lord when he was 18 years old. And the Lord had a call on his life. He's, he's big. I mean, if he, if he was here today and sang for you, it would blow you out of the building. He's a dramatic tenor. I think he would have been in the Metropolitan Opera had he not been called by God to be an evangelist. So all these years, he's gone all over the world. He called me and said, Marty, I want you to go to Malawi with us. Okay, I'd been there three times. This was the fourth time for me to go. He says, the doors are open for us to go into schools and share the gospel. So here he is, a soccer coach. He would take the gospel from the vantage point of a soccer coach and a referee. So we got the yellow card and the red card and the rule book and all that stuff. So he's telling the gospel first. Then he turns it over to me with the evangelicum. And we ask kids to respond to the gospel. Anywhere from, you know, the elementary kids all the way up through high school. Dear ones, we shared the gospel with over 58,000 young people in two weeks. And many of them. Thousands of them raised their hands. I don't know who was sincere and who wasn't, but they did it. And it was so wonderful. We want to go back. Some of those schools had as many as 9,000 students in one school. Isn't that amazing? And the Lord allowed us to share the gospel with them. And you're a part of it. I want you to know that because you helped me get there. Amen? Amen? And I want to encourage you to help us get to Africa. Uh, my bill for the Evangelicubes, I'm taking 180 Evangelicubes, and that's about $500 worth. They're normally $7 a piece, so you can add that up. But I have a brother that I'm working with, Jerry Hamlin, who had a Ph.D. in engineering, and 10 years ago he had a stroke, and the Lord brought him back, the doctors brought him back to life. And he said, I know that God let me live so I can tell more people about Jesus. And I have... Never seen somebody so zealous about sharing the gospel. He's been taking these cubes to Africa with another ministry out of Oklahoma City. And thousands of people have been coming to the Lord through that ministry. I take them to India, to Indonesia, to Africa, to China. I've been using them everywhere. So take a look-see back there and pray for us as we go to Africa. Oh, there's so much I want to tell you. And I'm just so thankful that the Lord allowed me to go um, to Malawi to share the gospel. And I want to conclude 
uh, what I've been talking to you about by sharing a song with you that's really uh, precious to me, has become precious to me, and I know that it's precious to my Becca. Um, the thing about, about what is happening with her, um, her son-in-law Tim and her daughter Beth are on their way July the 8th to go back to Singapore. They've been raising their funds here in America, and they'll be going back uh, July the 8th. And they're having to tell their daughters goodbye. But Becca tells the stories of how many times she had told her granddaughters goodbye and the weeping and the tears, knowing they're going to be gone. And so pray for Tim and Beth. But I pray that I can do this song for you today. My heart has known your peace. I travel far, still there is far to go. And in my heart there's a longing to look upon your face. Where you are is where I long to be. Yeah. 
take each other's hand. And we're here. Hallelujah. And we're here for you. If you need prayer this morning, we'll just stay right up here and, and we'd love to pray with you. But I... Yes. Speak up, hon. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the family of God all over this world, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we as the family are united with one heart and one desire to see your kingdom come, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. And that's what we pray out to you this morning, Lord. God Almighty, your kingdom come. Lord, I pray your will be done in this family, in this part of the family of God, Lord. Lord, I just want to pray a release over their lives, Lord God. Mm. I pray for an open heaven, Lord God. I pray where there's sickness, there will be healing, Lord. Where there's need of salvation, Lord God, that many will be saved. Mm. And this day, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we proclaim and we set the captive free, Lord God, by the Spirit of the living God. And I pray for a mighty move of your Holy Spirit over Lighthouse over this entire work, over every particle of it, Lord God. Let God arise and every enemy be scattered in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let the name of Jesus be high and lifted up. Let that name be exalted above all other names. And Lord, I pray your precious blessings and your release of an open heaven over each one of their lives, each family, Lord as well as the work of this precious church, Lord. Mm. I pray your blessings, God. I just want to leave blessings, Father. Lord, the word says, silver and gold have I none, but such I have I have in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I speak to to Lighthouse to rise and be healed and be whole Mm. and be all that God has called you to be. Yes. Mm. Mm. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray it. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you extend a hand for just a moment? I must pray over these two as they prepare uh, to go on the next leg of the journey that God has prepared for them in, in Africa. Father God, I thank you so much for these two who have answered your call. I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your faithful protection over them. And we ask that you would go ahead of them and prepare the way. Mm. Father God, I pray that you would be with them as they go, that you would open their eyes to what you're doing. And empower them to be an extension, an outpouring of your spirit in that place with those people. May your kingdom come powerfully for your namesake, not for theirs. And then, Father, we ask that you would come behind them, shoring up those things that they leave behind, those young kids who Mm. were invested in this last week, those other areas that they have ministered in, and and seeds have been planted. My my prayer, Father God, is that you would surround each of those individuals with your kids, Mm. with your spirit, and that you would continue to nourish and nurture those seeds of hope, that they would grow into plants that would not only create eternal life in the hearts Mm. of those individuals, but they would be... Uh, producing other disciples as well. We ask that you would be glorified in this couple, that you would use them according to your will. Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.